She's that gal from New Orleans. They all sigh when she passed by. When she says, honey, hers. All the boys all over town love to see her come around. Then they start that going to town with that honey, hers. How those girls are jealous of her cause she's dressed so neat. And all the boys are wild about her cause she looks so sweet. And stepping up with them high yellows, snubbing all the other fellows. Boy, that gal is really mellow with that honey hug. Welcome to the Jazz Focus. We're here on WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana, and my name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again, or welcome if it's your first time. We focus on a certain element of jazz recorded history in this program, and today we're going to be listening to some of the recordings made by the great pianist Nat King Cole uh, during his we'll call it his sideman phase, uh, before he hit it big, as it were, as a pop entertainer and as a singer. Uh, before that happened, uh, he was known as one of the best jazz pianists in the late swing, early bebop style. He and Oscar Peterson were often mentioned in the same name as being the uh, heirs apparent to Art Tatum and his uh, abilities and, and, and pianistic abilities uh, during the 1930s. And Cole started recording in uh, the mid-1930s, 1936, which is the date of the recordings that we began the program with, and uh, continued uh, not only with his trio, which was very well thought of, but uh, working with some other musicians as well. Well, he was a, a very accomplished musician and was well regarded uh, in the jazz fraternity at the time. So a little bit about Nat King Cole. Nat Cole was born in Montgomery, Alabama in 1919. His family relocated to Chicago fairly early. He went uh, through Wendell Phillips High School, which had an excellent music program, which uh, produced many uh, fine jazz and uh, rock and roll, soul, rhythm and blues uh, performers as well. Sam Cooke was uh, roughly a contemporary of his who went through that school and uh, many other players as well, especially uh, jazz players from the generation prior to uh, Nat Cole. His brother, Eddie Cole, older brother, was a bass player who led groups in Chicago, and uh, he was the leader of the band that we just heard, Eddie Cole and his Solid Swingers, also known as the Solid Senders. And this was a group that was active in Chicago in the mid to late 30s. Nat Cole joined them as a pianist. Uh, he was only 17 at the time of these recordings, which were made for DECA on July 28th of 1936 in Chicago. Uh, in the swing style at the time, certainly nothing remarkable about the band, uh, except for Nat Cole, who was clearly the driving force. He wrote the two tunes that we heard and uh, wrote the lyrics as well. Uh, the first tune was an instrumental called Stompin' at the Panama. I believe the Panama was a club that they played at in Chicago. And the second was Honey Hush, uh, kind of a rhythmy, rhythm, not rhythm and blues, but a rhythm tune, as they used to call it in the 30s, sort of inspired by Fats Waller. That was a tune that Cole would re-record with his trio later on. Um, and uh, he recorded the vocal on his own version, but his brother Eddie sang on this one. So also in the band were... Going from the bottom up this time, Jimmy Adams on drums, Eddie Cole on bass and vocals, Nat King Cole, he was only Nat Cole then, on piano, 
Uh, Billy Wright played tenor saxophone, Tommy Thompson played alto saxophone, and Kenneth Roan played trumpet. Kenneth Roan was the senior musician in that group. He was born in 1902 uh, in... Hartford, Connecticut. He was raised in Springfield, Massachusetts, but ended up in New York by the early 1920s and played with a, a, a panoply of, of great jazz players uh, in the African-American community there. He played for a while with Jelly Roll Morton in one of his touring bands. He played with Lloyd and Cecil Scott, with Fats Waller, um, many groups all the way through the 30s. He was playing with Sidney Bechet for a while. He made a very strange album of Haitian uh, folk songs with Sidney Bechet and Willie the Lion Smith in the late 1930s, and somehow found himself back in Chicago in 1936 and playing with Eddie Cole and his Solid Senders. So his soloing is probably the next most impressive after Nat Cole's on these recordings. So those were the first two recordings, uh, the first coupling that they made. They made uh, two other recordings at the same session. We're going to be finishing up the program with those. So we're going to jump ahead in our next set to uh, when uh, Cole had relocated to the West Coast. He went out to, to California, to Los Angeles, specifically by the early 1940s, and he put together his first trio, which was uh, roughly modeled on Art Tatum's trio. And uh, there were a number of other piano trios at the time who used the instrumentation uh, of those groups. Piano, guitar, and bass. No drums, and no horns, just them, and very sort of intimate uh very classy uh, sound and uh, gave a lot of freedom to the players uh, rhythmically and harmonically as well. And that's when Cole started singing and uh, came to be known for his vocal talents even more than his pianistic abilities. However, his piano playing was certainly of a high enough level even at uh, those early days to uh, have recommended him to some fairly major jazz stars. We played uh, most of a session that he did with the keynoters in 1940. I think it was, or 45, uh, that featured the great saxophonist Willie Smith, who had played with Jimmy Lunsford and at the time was playing with Harry James. And it was uh, the two of them with bass and drums and uh, doing an excellent jazz session for keynote uh, in the mid-40s. We're going to begin with a trio session that Cole did with the great saxophonist Lester Young, great tenor saxophone player with Count Basie in the 1930s. This was done in uh, July, July 15th of 1942 for the Norgrand label. Uh, I believe it was the first label founded by Norman Grants, who later went on to produce the Jazz of the Philharmonic concerts. He managed Ella Fitzgerald. He founded Clef, Mercury, and then uh, later Verve Records. So had an interesting career. And this was one of his first forays, I believe, into recording. And the trio was Lester Young, Nat Cole, and Red Calendar on bass, done in Los Angeles, as I said, in 1942. This was not too long before Young was... Uh, drafted, basically, into the army at the beginning of World War II, and that's often cited as the beginning of his descent uh, as a player, although he certainly recorded some marvelous uh, work after he got out of the army in 1944 or so. He uh, did not have a good time there. He was a sensitive individual, and it's undeniable that after he came out, his recordings and performances had a much darker, kind of harder uh, sound than the earlier ones. And this 1942 trio session is really about the last recording we have of him from his earlier period, where he had a much more uh, bouncy, jubilant outlook in his playing, and his uh, abilities as a melodist were really uh, incredible. He was the uh, alternative to the style of tenor sax playing set forth by Coleman Hawkins, and many of the younger jazz players who became uh, leading lights in the bebop period, including Charlie Parker, uh, were Lester Young devotees. And the two tunes we're going to hear from this session were, or are, Indiana and I Can't Get Started. Indiana was uh, from 1917, a composition was one of the first jazz tunes ever recorded. And of course, I Can't Get Started was the great ballad by Vernon Duke and Ira Gershwin that was made famous by Bunny Berrigan a few years earlier. So we're going to hear Lester Young uh, in rare form, as is Nat Cole on these recordings made for Norgran. So following that, we're going to feature another tenor saxophone player, although one greatly influenced by Lester Young, as we will hear. Dexter Gordon was at the very beginning of his recording career, and this was, I think, the first uh, recording session that was issued under his name, although I'm not sure it was issued very widely. It was done for Clef, and uh, the recording date is a little bit murky. It could have been 1943 or 1944 in Los Angeles. I believe uh, Gordon was playing with the Louis Armstrong Orchestra at the time and was out there. And uh, Norman Grants put this session 
together with an interesting mix of personnel. Harry Edison, Sweets Edison on trumpet, he was still with Count Basie, Dexter Gordon, uh, Nat King Cole on piano, Red Calendar on bass, and a fellow named Clifford Juicy Owens on drums. I don't know if he ever recorded again, but this uh, session, uh, like the one for Norgran earlier, really gave the jazz players time to stretch out. They were issued on 12-inch recordings rather than 10-inch ones, which gave uh, a time limit of about five minutes rather than three, so they could extend their improvisations and really uh, develop some ideas, as we will hear on this recording, which is the Earl Hines tune, Rosetta, five full minutes uh, featuring solos all around. Uh, Especially interesting to hear Nat Cole in this uh, context. Then we're going to end up this session with a slightly earlier recording from 1940, also done in Hollywood, uh, for the Victor label. This is Lionel Hampton and his orchestra. This is the very end of the series that Hampton made for Victor of his all-star jazz recordings, which were, during the 1930s, designed to uh, publicize pop tunes and and, and put varying uh, jazz musicians together on blowing dates. And they were integrated sessions that really, many of them caught fire. They were just marvelous things. These are towards the end of it right before Hampton uh, put together his first big band. And uh, these featured a little bit more of a modern look. It is, in fact, the Nat King Cole trio. Nat Cole on piano, Oscar Moore on guitar, and Wesley Prince on bass, along with uh, Lionel Hampton playing vibraphone, drums, and piano, and Al Spidock on drums. And uh, although the cut we're going to hear is called Jack the Bellboy, and that will actually feature Hampton on drums, along with Cole and Moore and Prince. So that will be from May 10th of 1940. So those are our four recordings for this set. Indiana and I Can't Get Started, the Lester Young Trio, Rosetta, Dexter Gordon and his quintet, and Jack the Bellboy, Lionel Hampton and his orchestra, all featuring Nat King Cole. Thank you. 
that was Jack the Bellboy, the Lionel Hampton Orchestra, sort of surrounding the Nat King Cole trio with uh, Cole on piano, Oscar Moore on guitar, and Wesley Prince on bass. And in that case, Lionel Hampton playing drums. And uh, the notes uh, to that CD pointed out that uh, Hampton liked that group so much he had asked them to join his big band as his rhythm section. And uh, they politely declined, but they did do this recording session. And uh, made some very fine music on there as well. Uh, the notes also point out that Lionel Hampton was an alum of the Wendell Phillips High School in Chicago. Uh, I don't believe he was there at the same time as Cole, but uh, further proof that they must have had a pretty extraordinary music program in the 1920s and 30s. So before that, we heard the Dexter Gordon version of Rosetta, and on that, I think you can hear the Earl Hines influence uh, on Nat Cole, especially towards the end of his solo. He uh, absorbed quite a few influences from really uh, progressive jazz pianists of the 1930s. Uh, Earl Hines certainly, Art Tatum, uh, he probably learned a little bit from uh, uh, Clyde Hart, I think he mentioned him at one point, and uh, some of the other forward-looking pianists from the swing era who were transitioning into bebop as well. So that was uh, Rosetta featuring Dexter Gordon on tenor sax and Harry Edison on trumpet. And before that, the two tunes by the Lester Young Trio from 1942 featuring Young on tenor sax, Red Calendar on bass, and Nat Cole on piano. Indiana and I Can't Get Started. And that uh, demonstrated some very, very um, characteristically wonderful, I would say, tenor sax playing from Lester Young. In our next set, we're going to be hearing some Lester Young from slightly later date, and you can hear the change in his playing, I think, at that point. So, Cole, uh, during the uh, 1940s, the early to the mid-40s, began establishing his reputation as an instrumentalist with his uh, Nat King Cole trio, and then started singing as well. His first uh, hit recording, if you could call it that, was Sweet Lorraine, uh, which was uh, about 1940, and... Uh, he uh, continued through the 1940s and was finally uh, given the opportunity to record with full orchestras, including the Christmas Song of 1947, which was another big crossover hit, as they used to call it, into the pop market. And from that point on, he was not known as much as a pianist, uh, as much as being a pianist, as uh, his being a vocalist. Although periodically over the course of his career, he did return to jazz. He uh, recorded the After Midnight Sessions in 1956, which featured a number of great jazz players. Uh, joining his trio uh, in vocal tracks, but with a lot of good jazz playing in there as well. He uh, had a short-lived television program in 1956 and 57. He was the first African-American entertainer to have a regularly scheduled television show. Initially, it was 15 minutes and then went to 30. Uh, it never found a national sponsor, so it sort of died out after about a year. 
but uh, it uh, still exists on tape. You can see it on YouTube. He had some excellent guest stars, including Ella Fitzgerald. I think he had Frank Sinatra. Um, program that sadly didn't continue beyond uh, a year because it was breaking all kinds of rules as far as bringing jazz and African Americans onto the screen. So in our next set, we're going to hear, as I said, more Lester Young. This is uh, going to be entirely devoted to a trio session, a uh, different trio that was done in um, 1946 uh, for the Clef label. This is uh, the Lester Young Trio with Lester Young, Nat Cole, and in this case, Buddy Rich on drums, uh, a, a group that doesn't look like it would work on paper, but works beautifully here. This was done over the course of several dates in March and April of 1946, and as I said, you can hear some changes to Young's playing, although he was still on top of his game even at this point. Uh, he had been out of the Army for a couple of years, he had been had rejoined Count Basie for a short time, and he was leading a group, co-leading with his brother Lee Young on drums in uh, Los Angeles for a while too. And uh, he and Cole and Buddy Rich were all charter members of the Jazz at the Philharmonic concerts, which were produced by Norman Grants. They started in about 1944 and continued uh, through the 40s into the 50s and then intermittently up through the 1980s. So the th four tunes I picked for uh, this set are the Gershwin standard Somebody Loves Me, a blues performance of Back to the Land, a nice kind of mellow, bouncy uh, version of the 1920s standard Mean to Me, and a duo performance of Cole and um, Lester Young doing the old standard Peg of My Heart. So those are our four tunes for this set. Somebody Loves Me, Back to the Land, Mean to Me, and Peg of My Heart. Thank you. 
Here's our Lester Young trio with Lester Young, Nat King Cole on piano, and Buddy Rich on drums, playing Somebody Loves Me, Back to the Land, and Mean to Me from 1946. And we finished up same sessions with uh, just the duo, the piano and tenor sax on Peg of My Heart. Apparently that was something they were just fooling around with in the studio when Buddy Rich had to run out to get something to eat. Uh, and uh, Norman Granz liked it so much, he said, let's record that. And indeed they did. So you've been listening to the Jazz Focus here on WETF South Bend, Indiana, The Jazz Station. And uh, my name is John Clark. Thank you for being with us this week. Hope you continue to uh, make us part of your week in The Jazz Focus. We're going to finish up with the balance of the session by Eddie Cole and his Solid Swingers from 1936, featuring his brother, Nat King Cole, on piano and uh, some of his other musicians from the Chicago area. And we have two more tunes from that. We have Bedtime, a.k.a. Sleep Baby Sleep, and we're going to finish up with Thunder, both tunes apparently composed by Eddie Cole, the bass player. So this has been our Nat King Cole show. Nat is a side man, and hope you've enjoyed it. And thank you very much, and hope to see you again on these airwaves next week.